Yo, guys, what's up? Welcome back to the Banta Boys podcast. My name is Sanji. With me is Ross. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How you doing, Ross? Everything good? Um, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's been a long game week, man. <laughs> I can't believe it's only Mondays or it's only Tuesday. Wow, I don't even know what day it is. Um, it was a long game week, but yeah, um, yeah. On upwards, right? For sure. Lots of talking points on today's episode. Um, before we get started, Ross, remind our listeners, how can they find us? We are on Twitter uh, at BantaB. We are on SoundCloud at BantaBoys, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. If there's a platform that we're not on and uh, it's one that you use, please let us know. And then we can try and see if we can upload our podcast on that too. Yeah, sounds great. On today's episode, in the first half, we're going to do the Game Week uh, 5 review back after the international break. That will lead us into our halftime pint and into our second half where we talk about how our teams are doing, recommend any free agent or waiver picks, and the upcoming fixtures and predictions for Game Week 6. Oh yeah, also we gotta give the results of the uh, Twitter poll that we took what was it, last week? It was based on the squads that we drafted, both in our OG League and in our uh, Banter Boys League. Yep. So, Ross, uh, do you have the results of that Twitter poll, actually, before we get started? I am going to delay the results as much as I can, because <laughs> I am pretty sure I lost. Like, w- was it a landslide of a loss? I don't think so. I think it was by one vote or something. I should have this up and ready. Okay. That's all right. We're doing this live. All right. <laughs> Let's go. So from our Banta Boys League, we had seven votes. Sanji, you won. Nice, four to nice, three. nice. So is it like confirmed results? Yeah, it's confirmed results. The polls closed. Nice, nice. And from our OG League, we had six votes. Surprise, the seventh person who voted on our Banta Boys poll didn't vote on this one, but we had six votes. And we drew 3-3, so... Alright, not bad. Undefeated. I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna take that. A lot of draws this weekend in real life, you know? Maybe maybe this is just a sign. But anyways, uh, let's get started, Ross. Um, before, you know, we get the ball rolling, talking about the meat of the pod, let, let's have a little light chat. There's so much football going on this week right now. Champions League started today. Yeah. I'm actually playing Champions League Fantasy. Of course you are. I'm not doing too bad, you know. Captain Haaland had Messi in my squad. Angelino with the two goals and a clean sheet. 19 points. No, solid returns. Wow. Did you watch any of the games? Unfortunately, I was at work. So the most I could do is like look at flash score or whatever. I was peering in and out of the United PSG game. I actually stopped watching at like the 85th minute or something because I was like, oh, like it's going to end 1-1 and then something came up for work and like it was a really interesting game. Like honest to God, anytime I see Bruno Fernandes just play, like at the start of the game, not towards the end of the game, at the end of the game, you can tell he's gassed and he's just doing like he's not really contributing to the team that much. But when he's fresh and ready, oh my God, he's such a dangerous player. It is almost frustratingly like annoying to kind of see a player like that for United I know I've said it before a team like a player like Bruno Fernandes but I think the only solace is that Pogba isn't playing that well so like you know you get some and you don't get some I mean Pogba's not even starting some games now it, and it's kind of shocking that uh even Vanderbeek's not getting a look in the side I really hope Ole doesn't burn out Bruno this season and rotates his squad um to the best of his ability 
But, you know, hashtag always got the wheel. So, yeah, I, I mean, for for Chelsea's game, like, I, I looked at an uh, interesting thing um, on this app called SofaScore. Uh, so, with this app, it's like, you know, any other, like, live update app. But it's got a few little nifty features. So, one of them is actually being able to see uh, the average position of a player during a match. So, I was kind of curious because Chelsea, I believe, kind of went with their same sort of lineup or one of their stronger lineups. I would say maybe James versus Asby. But, I mean, midfield was pretty much the same uh, with Timo up top. And I was really, really curious to see, you know, Pulisic's positioning. He's kind of started off the season playing on the right side, where he was playing on the left side predominantly of last season, right? Yeah. Um, and it was kind of interesting to see his average position was actually very, very central this game against Sevilla. So, I don't know if he's having a natural tendency just to end up in the box where he... You know, likes to find himself because he's a very greedy player like Salah, likes to shoot on goal, try and be in the right place for those goals all the time. So it's very interesting to see how his performance is kind of affected by his positioning, right? Because Mason's playing on the left, Pulley on the right, um, ZX still has to come. So we don't know how the value of Pulisic might either increase or decrease, might get frozen. So basically, like, Chelsea's not, you know, not there. But anyways, we'll get to that while we discuss the fixtures. So, game week six, let us start with some drama. The Merseyside Derby. Oh my god. Honest to god, I don't think I've been that frustrated after a game. I don't know if you remember two years ago, there's the Spurs-Liverpool game where Salah scored that beauty of a goal right at the start to like make it 2-1. And then Spurs get this penalty somehow by like Lamella going down with the easiest of contact and like they get the penalty, they score, the game ends 2-2. And honest to God, like, okay, like, yeah, we, we start off super strong. Mane scores a great, like, great finish, great play, you know, within the first 10 minutes. Awesome. And then it just goes like downhill, man. Honest to God, like, I was close to crying when I saw him walking off. All the things that came to my head is like VVD, like it's been known in the past, his teammates, his coaches have said that he can play while being in pain. But if a player like VVD goes off and says, man, I can't continue anymore, you know, it's concerning. You know, it's going to be like, it's not good news. And again, like they score immediately. The same place where VVD would have been, Everton take advantage. And then, you know, like, like that's what it is. (sighs) Like, injury aside, that VAR call was ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, they said it was onside because apparently due to the rule change, like, it's not that you're allowed to score with that part of your hand, but if the ball unintentionally comes off your hand and goes into the goal off that part of the arm, it should still stand as a goal. And that's the reason they were saying that, you know, that's why Mane was offside, because that part of his arm was offside. Did you see how much of his part? I think it was like a few pixels. Like you had to really zoom in. That's the ridiculous level that we've gotten to and I really really hope that they change it. It has to be obvious and easy. Like if you're taking too long to look at it and analyze it, like all the commentators, everyone in our fantasy WhatsApp groups were like, yeah, yeah, that's a goal. Like Liverpool won. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think there's that one... United fan that says, oh, that's outside, that's offside, but just out of spite, not with any kind of objectiveness to it. Zen, I'm talking about you, if you don't know. Like, assets that game, uh, Dinier smashed it for Everton, I believe he was their top scorer. Sadio Mane came up on top as well. 
But you know what? I'm, I've got to give a shout out to Thiago. He had a stellar performance in midfield. Yeah. Most touches, 93. Most passes, 70. Most passes in opposition, half, 48. Most take-ons completed, 4. And most interceptions, 2. 13 points and no goals or assists for him, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, solid display. And you know what? You're honestly going to expect him to be doing that week in, week out. Serious value in a player like that, especially when you've got a front three of Bobby, Sadio, and Mo, right? Yeah, and I think one of the biggest upsides for Thiago is that he really takes the creative load from the fullbacks. Yeah. Obviously, your fullbacks are still going to push forward and ping in those balls to the, the front three. But at the same time, now you've got this creative player in the midfield that wasn't there in the past. I think the most creativity that we got was Jordan Henderson, who really did his dashing runs into the box. But now we've got a player that can play those deep balls and pick out the front three, and then they can sort out who wants to score between them or just sort of just play the final ball, right? I don't think you will see many goals and assists from Thiago, but I don't think he's there for that. We have goals and assists in five other players. You just need someone to get that second last ball, almost like a hockey assist, right? So, like, it looks really good. It seems like he pretty much sets the tempo in the squad, right? Almost something like what Jorginho does, but probably a lot better because um, he's got the physicality as well. Yeah. He, he always just seems to pass forward. Mm-hmm. And one time, he doesn't take too many touches. Keeps it simple, you know? Exactly what you want in a footballer. Yeah, and an incredible touch, man. Yeah. Like, it's unbelievable to watch him play. The class is there, for sure. But have you got any interest in Ben Godfrey, by the way? I believe he came on as a substitute for Coleman because Coleman picked up a recurring hamstring injury or something like that yeah he's uh 6.5 in our format where we play with fouls conceded fouls suffered ball recoveries yeah. and block shots so have you got any interest in him as a fantasy asset he's generally a center back right yeah but he was playing in that fullback role i don't know if you can kind of expect a player like godfrey to play in a fullback role week in week out and not get picked out like it's a tough task going up against money and robertson who are probably our most creative players right now like, it was tough, and I, I think he did pretty decently. Do you know what his stats were like? He had three clearances, two successful dribbles, two block shots, three aerials, three ball recoveries, and one key pass, in fact. So not too bad. Actually, fairly tidy for a centre-back playing in fullback. Yeah. I think, other than that, you know, the usual DCL can't stop scoring. James is still not 100% owned in leagues. Guys, please go fucking pick him up. That's it. All right, let's move on to the next fixture. Chelsea versus Southampton. Do you want to? Yeah, I know, right? Um, well, I mean, to be honest, Kepa was in net, so I didn't really expect much. It's so unfortunate that they got Peter Cech as their backup goalie now. Unfortunate? Bro, I was over the moon when I saw all my WhatsApp groups message me and tag me. Hey, Peter Cech is back on your roster. I'm like, I'm listen, legend, class. Like, I love the guy. Honestly, it's not even that I would want Cech over Kepa. I just don't want Kepa right now. Fair enough. Yes, he's the most expensive goalie in the world, but you know what? Accept it was a shit buy and we'll move on. Yeah. But honestly, Kepa made a few good saves. Like, you have to give him that. Yeah. I mean, one of his serious shots from Ings or something, he saved down to his left or something. Yeah, he had a few good moments. Yeah. But, you know, when when it's down to like 3-2 and they're raiding in shots, you expect your keeper to be pulling out some saves for you. Like, obviously, we should have put the game to bed a lot earlier on, right? I think so, yeah. Southampton was there for the kill. Like, we got in behind them multiple times and really, really easily. Like, I'm pretty sure Werner even scored an offside goal. Like, a header or something like that, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. But... You know what? It's it's classic Chelsea. You know, score lots of goals, but then no fucking defense. Thiago Silva was missing for that game as well. No Mendy. So, 
yeah, it's not surprising that we conceded. It's just really, really disappointing. You know, West Brom 3, Southampton 3, like, it's it's honestly got to stop at, at one point, so. So, I think this was probably the first game in the Premier League where we almost saw a full-strength Chelsea lineup, right? Yes, almost. Who was missing? Yeah, 100%. Like, you want to see Ziyech on the right, Havertz in the center, Pulisic on the left. I'm sorry, like, I love Mason. Mason Mullen's my boy. He is, like, a true blue, but he's probably got to take the bench to get the best out of Pulisic because I don't think Pulisic having enough of an effect on the game, playing on the right. There was this discussion that I saw that the reason that Pulisic not playing as attacking or up, as high up is because Aspi is staying back a lot more. So, like, he was forced to stay deeper, so I don't know if that kind of makes sense because, I mean, if, if your defender's staying deeper... I don't think that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, which is weird, right? If your defender's staying deeper, you'd think that, you know, he has the freedom to roam forward. But, like, you found Pulley doing a lot of defensive work for that game. And, you know, credit to him. you got to give that to him. But I think what it was was Ryan Bertrand was pushing up a lot more on the left, so Pulley had to track his runner. Yeah. Because that's the one thing they didn't do in the first half. Uh, Southampton were not pushing their fullbacks as high as possible mm-hmm. and we got to bomb forward like Chilwell had another great game for us yeah but it's good to see Che Adams finally on the score sheet Theo Walcott came pretty good scored some really really good points to be honest 21.5 I think so yeah he got the assist so Ing scored the first goal Che Adams scored the second goal the third goal was it was Vestergaard yeah Vestergaard it's good to see um Theo finally get a run out and you know what he might get a lot of minutes now because uh Dejanpo is uh injured I think Armstrong well yeah he had COVID right from the international break yeah 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 so he's gonna be out for a little while right and you don't know if he's gonna be fully fit when he comes back yeah uh Theo Walcott only owned in 39% of leagues so honestly if you fancy uh, picking him up I definitely recommend it five key passes one interception, two successful dribbles, six ball recoveries. Tidy numbers from the ex-Arsenal man. Yeah, and he's going to play against his former team next week. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah, Everton. But yeah, we'll get to that as well. So yeah, let's move on. City-Arsenal. That was a boring game. This was a very interesting game. It was a boring game. You know what? You call it boring, but it was very interesting from a tactical perspective, I think. I think so. There was as many fireworks that we've seen in a City-Arsenal game in the past. I think the fixture kind of let us down in that perspective. But you know what? I think that's because Arsenal has gotten better and is playing a lot more controlled football. Fair enough. Right? Fair enough. I mean, they looked like they were pretty much defending a lot of that game. But if you look at their shape and their structure, it just seemed not Arsenal-like. You know, yeah. <laughs> the, the Arsenal that we're used to, that just ripped apart. Especially against City. Yeah, uh, especially against City. Especially with Kun starting. It was great to see Kun back. For Man City, Man City had a striker again. They looked a lot better, but still missing KDB. Cancelo was fantastic in that game. Big shout out to anybody who has Cancelo in leagues yeah. right now. I believe he's only owned in 81% of leagues. So guys, go pick up Jao Cancelo if you can. Three key passes, three interceptions, three successful dribbles, five ball recoveries. Like 19 points uh, with the clean sheet. That's awesome numbers, right? He's beating the likes of Sterling, Phil Foden, Riyad Mahrez. But I think the most interesting thing for me was seeing Kyle Walker at uh, centre-back. Uh, he was fantastic, man. He has the athleticism, the speed, the intelligence to read the game. He's played in a central position when Pep used to have those full-backs uh, yeah. push into the middle of the pitch. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, he honestly he looks fantastic, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, probably that city wasted their time getting Ruben Diaz um, because Ake and and Walker I think could be fantastic centre backs for them this season. I don't think Kyle Walker would be one of those centre backs where you'd pick up for the fantasy points, right? No, we know Kyle Walker doesn't get that many fantasy points anymore. Regardless, like it sucks. You want to obviously get some of those key contributions as stats and points but that's kind of how it is sometimes like similar to kind of like connor cody yeah right yeah but you know the thing is though kyle walker might be that one asset that you hold all season because i think he'll play a part in every game seeing pep utilize him like that if he gets pushed out to right back he's going to be such a good threat but again he hasn't been that promising across previous seasons as a fantasy asset. You know, a little shout out to Bukayo Saka. Yeah. Only 87% owned. I think so, yeah. He's had a great game. Yeah, great game. 15.25 points um, in our format. Again, when you count that uh, false conceded, false suffered stuff. Four successful dribbles, six ball recoveries, two shots on target, a key pass, two tackles, one. Tidy little game. Yeah, and surprising Lacazette didn't start. Yeah. That's a gutsy formation. Yeah, that was actually really, really shocking. Pepe and Villian started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know we've talked about this, but we know when Lacazette plays, he plays up top. That allows Aubameyang to play off that left wing. Yeah. And we know he's way more effective off that left wing than he is playing as uh, sole number nine. So I had a look at the average position for this game as well, and Villian was actually the most central player. Interesting. Aubameyang was out on the left. But he was actually the highest, most forward player, even though he was still out on the left. Yeah, it was definitely very interesting to see. Uh, other than that, I think we can move on to Manchester United, Newcastle. That scoreline did describe how that game went. Not at all. I think United got, I'm not going to say got lucky, but Newcastle didn't finish their chances as well as they should have. And I think United just kind of like took charge of the game, especially when Bruno missed a penalty and you know, like, okay, maybe there is something, maybe there is a way that you can get something out of this game. But I think Newcastle just gave up right at the end. Juan Basaka scored his first goal. Yeah. <laughs> Bruno scoring from open play. I think there's a few good moments there that you kind of look at. It was an interesting lineup as well from United. You know, they started Daniel James. They started Juan Mata as well. Juan Mata got an assist. I considered picking him up as a free agent. But I don't know. I don't like uh, tinkering with my squad too early into the season. I, I try and give it some time. But I did make some changes uh, during the waiver wire. We'll talk about that a bit later. Bruno absolutely smashed it. Um, I know because I faced uh, somebody in one of my uh, game weeks in in our OG league. uh, Smashed it with 40 points. Uh, Marcus got 37.75. And you know, they got all those points in like the last... Okay, not all of them, but they got like 75% of their points in the last seven minutes of the game. Yeah. Slabhead on the score sheet. But you know what? United really couldn't handle Alan St. Maximin, Newcastle's best player. Two key passes, a shot on target, tackle one. Seven successful dribbles. Hard to touch. Uh, imagine if you put baby oil on him. He'd be even better. Yeah. <laughs> get, get some of that Traore magic going on him, man. Yeah, exactly. But honestly, you know what's really frustrating? I don't think Bruce is playing his strongest lineup. No, because Almiron still isn't starting. Did Joel Enton start this game? I think so. Yeah, I feel like he did. And I'm pretty sure we talked about it. And I think we were both upset about it as well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Jolinton ended up playing 73 minutes of the game. Like, why are you bringing on Miguel Almiron for the last two minutes of the game? What the fuck is that going to do? 
wasn't Carl Darlow, whatever, injured for the entire game, just like limping during the entire game? And he didn't want to sub him or something like that? Yeah. Like, I, I honestly don't understand him at all. And Ryan Frazier. Yeah, and Ryan Frazier's not getting game either. Like, why aren't you taking advantage of a built partnership that's already coming into your team? <laughs> Callum Wilson and Ryan Frazier had a great partnership yeah. two seasons ago. Yeah, exactly. Why are you not taking advantage of that? I think the biggest thing when new players come in is how are they going to fit in that team and how the chemistry kind of comes in. But you know you have that chemistry in two players already. Yeah. Why isn't that being taken advantage of? Maybe there's something else going on. Maybe he prefers playing that lineup. But honestly, like, I think it's a matter of time. Like, you kind of changed it up. You conceded three goals in the last, what, seven minutes? Uh, it always it always sucks when United wins. Fuck. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on. Sheffield Fulham. No attack versus no defense. Did you watch this game? Of course not. I was sleeping. Too early for me. <laughs> No, no, it, I couldn't watch the game because on Sunday, um, current went. So Trinis would know current went by, we didn't have electricity in our neighborhood. Oh, that sucks. I don't miss that. From 7 or 8 a.m. to like 3 p.m. So I basically went by my neighbor's wife's mother's house. I probably met these people like three or four times. They invited me into their house, fed me, and let me watch football on their TV. That's amazing, yeah. It was fantastic. I had a good Sunday. Yeah. A little, little shout out to them. Uh, Sheffield Fulham, no attack versus no defense. Basically. Was it pretty much Lookman versus Basham? Points-wise. Um, Lookman put up some really good numbers, man. Like, I don't know what's up with these players who just love dribbling and getting fantasy points. Yeah. He came out for 23 minutes last game week. And had 8.75 points in our league. Four of those were dribbles. One of them was a key pass, I think. And again, this past game week. Like, we'll talk about players to kind of look out for. And that's a player that you look out for. Yeah, like in the regular format, like you consider Togo scoring without the extra stuff that we do, 23.5 points. Obviously, he scored, so he got that extra boost of 10 points. Three key passes, two shots on target, a tackle one, an interception, an accurate cross into the box, three successful dribbles. Kids doing everything. Yeah. A little dip in form for Andre Frank, Zambo Angisa. Yeah. 10 out of 10 for the name, uh, 2 out of 10 for the performance. Honestly, he had a bit of a shitty performance, but the minute Ruben Loftus she came off the field, his points went from like 2 in our league to like 6.5. He got a yellow card, uh, so it was minus 3. It didn't help. Yeah. But Ruben seemed to perform quite well. 8.5, not bad. Tom Kearney, 14.5. Though Tom doesn't really score that week in, week out. No. He tends to get like 0.5. This was a bit of a boost for him this week. I think it might have been like that openness that you might see in a Sheffield versus Fulham game, right? Both teams are trying to gain their footing for the season and like it might be a bit more open game than we've seen in the past. In terms of Fulham, like I I do want to give a little bit of a shout out to Anton Robinson. Uh, I believe uh, Zubain did hail him out in one of our previous pods. I believe he's also from the States. The defender? Yeah, Fulham America. Yeah. Fulham America, right? That's how you say it? Yeah. <laughs> so, he got 6.75 points uh, this week, 8.5 last week, and he's been conceding goals, right? So, he's taking along nicely. I'm not going to say that Fulham's going to keep, start keeping clean sheets all of a sudden, but he is a bit of an attacking fullback. Oh, by the way, Ademola Lookman only owned 44% leagues. Go pick him up right now. Trust me. Sheffield United. I don't know why Chris Basham is not owned in like 80% of leagues. Only 56%. He's not owned in our league, by the way. You know what? I might pick him up depending on how the waiver wire goes for Thursday. Yeah, that's true. 
I'll pick him up now. I'll get him off your load. I mean, he's got some tough fixtures. Yeah. Liverpool, Man City on the horizon. So, and Chelsea, I believe. So, he's got some really tough games coming up. I really like how you consider that as a tough fixture. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if Aston Villa is beating you seven goals, why can't Sheffield, you know? Fair enough, fair enough. Let's move on. Um, Brighton, Crystal Palace. So Crystal Palace scored with their only shot of the game, be it on target or off target. Yep, their XG was 0-0 that whole game. Yeah, I threw in an extra 0 just because that's how bad it was. Yeah. It was terrible. No 0.5, no nothing. Not (laughs) 0.2. It was 0. Exactly. Brighton really controlled that game. It's amazing how they didn't come out of that with 3 points. Um, But you know what, that's what Crystal Palace does best. They score an early goal and just sit back and defend. That's all they did. Lamptey had another tidy game. Yeah. He got 10 points in the regular scoring format. Mm-hmm. Uh, three accurate crosses into the box, three key passes, an interception, a tackle one. Tidy numbers, you know, 10 points. And the player that I shouted last time, Solly March, 75% owned still, got 10 points as well. Solly March is a very tidy player to own right now. And at Crystal Palace, really, Zaha scored the goal. He got the points for that. But I do also want to hint at Jeffrey Schlupp, a player that I picked up on the waiver wire this week. Only owned in 25% of leagues. He got 9.5 points this week. 21 the previous week after getting the assist only. I mean, he had a bit of a shitter to start off with the 2.5 game. But I think he's going to grow into this role playing out on the wing. Ayu's got COVID, so I think that kind of opens up a spot for him. He is a proven Premier League winner with Leicester, if that means anything for you. Mm -hmm. Three successful dribbles, four aerials, a clearance, an interception, three tackles won. Uh, tidy points uh, you know what honestly if you're lacking midfielders and you want one for the next few weeks I'd say go pick him up let's move on to Spurs versus West Ham this is probably the only positive from this game week and I know I said it in our group chat but I believe David Moyes went into that locker room and he said lads it's Spurs and they came out like that second performance overall was really good and I think like they just capped it off with three goals and like two goals off set pieces, one and own goal. Yeah. Like West Ham got lucky with all, not lucky, but they got some luck trying to get all three of those goals. But honestly, like that was great to watch. Just a Mourinho team imploding. And man, it's ridiculous how how well Kane and Son are playing. Yeah. Like honestly, you just expect as soon as Spurs score, just assume it's either Son or Kane. And you know, it's really, really bad when the points scored for them this game week. 39, Harry Kane, Son, 27.75. And then everyone else, 7.5, 7, 7, 4.5. Like, it's literally just Son and Kane. You know what sucks even more? Playing against the person who has Harry Kane and Son, they shared a goal and assist between each other, and Harry Kane got an extra goal. Yeah. So, imagine, like, that the frustration of just, six, what, 60-odd points from two players? Yeah, yeah, I mean, 70. Yeah, it's close to 70. <laughs> 70 odd points. But yeah, Saif has him in our Banner Boys League, top of the league right now. Yeah, uh, honestly, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I feel like Harry and Son are carrying his team a little bit. And the funniest part is he picked up Son by accident. Yeah. That was an autograph pick. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know what? Hammers with uh, an epic comeback. I don't know if I want to blame Gareth Bale because he did miss that... Great chance uh, when they were 3-0 up. Came on, missed the chance. Almost one-on-one. Followed up by goals from, who was it? Balbuena, I believe, got the first one. Um, then it was an own goal yeah. by Davinson Sanchez. And then uh, an absolute screamer from Lanzini. Yep. 
And even though these guys uh, scored goals or whatever, uh, not the top scorer. Top scorer, uh, Aaron Cresswell. He got an assist again. Two key passes, uh, three accurate crosses into the box. Um, Cresswell is on set pieces. Yeah, exactly. You know, he, he always has that, that avenue to get points. But let's move on. Aston Villa, Leicester. No Vardy, no Seonku, no NDD. Villa keeps impressing us, man. I know. They look really tidy at the back. Obviously, you kind of saw Leicester playing not to their best without Vardy. Like, you kind of saw the differences immediately in, like, runs Vardy would make and, like, positioning Vardy would take in the box that Kelechi wasn't making. Like, you immediately saw that. Uh, I think I would give a shout-out to Fofana. That's his name, right? Yeah, Zubain actually recommended that we talk about him, even though he's not on the episode. Yeah. What has he got? Two tackles, one, uh, three interceptions, nine clearances, seven aerials. So Yunchu is unfortunately out, I believe, until the new year because, what, his muscle ripped off his bone or something? Oh my god. A similar injury to Ndidi. Our thoughts and prayers are with him. I hope uh, he has a quick recovery. But yeah, Fofana, he seems like a a bit of a maverick pick to go with. Yeah, fitting into that centre-back spot. Quite well. Again, like they had a really good game. That Barkley goal was very descriptive of how the game would end. It would only take personal excellence to stop that game from being a nil-nil. But I think that game should have been a nil-nil. Like both defenses look good. Obviously, the offense wasn't working as well. And honest to God, you know what's really frustrating? Going up against Jack Grealish and him not scoring or assisting, but still getting 20 points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 17.5 in the regular scoring. Yeah, 20 points in our league with like fouls and recoveries and everything else. Buddy, trust me, I I know your pain because I faced him when he scored 56 points. Yeah. And I barely got out of that one. That's justified, right? He had what, two goals, three assists or something, right? That's justified. Yeah. Him not doing any attacking, like no goals, no assists, 20 points. Yeah. So... I did draft him as my second pick and he's been doing absolute bits for me in our Band of Boys League. 100% own as should be. For a first time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good top three pick for you. Yeah, I know, I know. When it, when, oh, I don't want to say when it doesn't matter, but <laughs> let, let's be honest, in our OG League, there's way more bands in that WhatsApp group. Yeah. Shoutouts to Ross Barkley, Matthew Cash, own uh, 84% and 67% respectively. Go pick them up. They're going to get you points this season. Same with Matt Target. Matt Target might be a bit more clean sheet dependent because he hasn't really done yeah. much with the key passes. A lot more of a defensive uh, effort from him. But Ross Barkley, for sure, I, I think he might be a, a bit of a gem this season for players. Uh, let's move on. Burnley, West Brom. First in the middle of the season. Yeah. I told you. Yeah. Didn't I say it? Didn't I say Burnley, West Brom and Sheffield, Fulham would be two really good contenders for to see our first nil-nil. And it happened. Like, I was working at that time, so I didn't really watch the game. Yeah, same. I don't think I expected anything else. Good to see uh, good old Ivanovic back in the Premier League again. Yeah, brainless Ivanovic. <laughs> brainless, oh boy. No, I can't I can't insult Brani yeah. like that. Um, uh, he's he's won it all with us. Uh, I guess their, their points pretty much came from their defense because they kept the clean sheet. Furlong and Townsend had pretty good games. Uh, Townsend, great attacking fullback option for them. Uh, Matthias Pereira did bits, you know, no goals, no assists, but got 14 points. Similar to kind of Jack Grealish. Mm-hmm. Not as good, but he's up there. Yeah. He's the central focus attack for them. You know, Diangana is not putting up as many um, good points because I guess he's a bit more assistant goal dependent. Mm-hmm. Burley, again, still, they haven't gotten started this season. 
Chris Wood was very frustrating to play in, in most leagues. I believe I played him as well. Got only 0.5 points in the regular Togo scoring. Yeah. Same with like players like Charlie Taylor. Yeah. Had a yellow card. Yeah. Only six points with the clean sheet. Yeah. That's really poor. We expect a lot better from a player like him, right? I don't know. I, th- I think it's a watch and see. Goodmanson is starting to get a run of games as well now. Mm-hmm. So you might want to go pick him up only 19%, but he is very injury prone. So be careful with him. I would say only Burley defense for right now or McNeil if you have him. He's only owned in 91% of leagues, so you might get lucky if you're listening to this pod and he is a free agent. Last game, Leeds-Wolves. Um, I think it was a good game. Like I think that was also going to end nil-nil. Unfortunate goal to kind of concede, right? The keeper would have saved that, but the defender kind of comes in the way and it goes in the back of the net. I was really disappointed that Adama Traore didn't start. I feel like that would have been a great matchup. And he only came on for the last, what, 20, 25 minutes? Yeah, again, was only able to watch it kind of bits and pieces because it was at work time here in Canada. Decent game, nothing too exciting. But shout out to like Max Killerman. He had a really good game. In FPL, I know he's like the second highest defender uh, scoring-wise. So he got 12 points in FPL this game week. Uh, he was on three bonus before he even got the assist. And that was the case as well in game week four. Yeah, yeah. Only 4.0 mil. Man, I'm so upset that I didn't get him from my team. Yeah, oh man, absolutely smashing it. His price actually just went up to 4.1 yeah. million uh, as of recording this right now. Uh, Kilman definitely had a great game. Uh, from Lee's perspective though, uh, Jack Harrison, uh, most of the play going through him it seems. Yeah. Scored 11.5 points in the regular scoring. Again, Stuart Dallas doing bits, I guess, 6.5. What I've seen, a player like Stuart Dallas very rarely attacks and is usually their last defender most often, right? And he was going up against Adama Traore. So, like, that's just a foul waiting to happen. And in counters, that's just a yellow card waiting to happen. And unfortunately, Calvin Phillips had probably, yeah, his worst game this season. He's been getting 50.5, 11, 15, 10 points. He got negative one. Uh, To top that off, I believe he suffered a shoulder injury, which could potentially keep him out for six yeah, weeks. it's unfortunate. So, like, that's a massive blow. Uh, he's pretty much the quarterback uh, for Leeds, um, spraying passes right in front of the the centre-backs. Yeah, other than Leeds, I mean, yeah, the deflected goal, Jimenez got lucky, Kilman absolutely smashing it. It upsets me that Semedo's doing well. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because he's a Barcelona player, ex-Barcelona. There you go, Daniel. Uh, Dan Donker. Yeah, Deng Donk. Deng Donker. He's been absolutely on fire stats-wise. Yeah. He can kind of fit anywhere into that team in terms of like defense and midfield, right? We've also seen him play as a center back in the past, right? But now I think I feel yeah. like he's been just kind of playing that deep playing midfielder. He's kind of taking the role of what Ruben Neves is. Yeah, and, and smashing it. And he's been killing it. Like he's his points have been looking really good without a goal or an assist. Yeah, regular scoring. Uh got twelve last game, eighteen point five the game before that. He came on as a sub against City, no points, but the game against Sheffield, nine points for the full ninety. Six key passes. Oh, actually he did get the assist against Fulham. Yeah. Um, but six key passes. Uh, three tackles altogether, three interceptions altogether, a couple of accurate crosses into the box, 11, uh, 17 aerials. Yeah, uh, Dendonka is definitely with uh, maybe like a fourth or fifth midfielder if you're looking for one or you need one. I, I'd say go pick him up. Um, he's only owned in 32% of leagues, so he's most likely free in your league if you're listening to this. I expect that waiver wire pick to boost his numbers a lot on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, that pretty much rounds up things uh, for the game week review. 
Ross, you looking forward to playing me in the OG uh, league this this game week? I'm not too worried. Hopefully Vardy's back against Arsenal. I don't know if I'm going to play him or not, but hopefully he's back. He's definitely not playing Europa. So I think that really helps me. When Vardy goes off, my team goes off. Right? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's not really a healthy statement for my team. I'm definitely nervous for a fixture. Um, it's always a good fixture every time we play, though. I'm, I think so. I, I believe yeah. it is. Uh, so, you know what? Just to get the take the edge off my nerves, I'm going to go take a drink. I think it's a perfect time for a halftime pint. Yeah. Uh, get some water in your ass. Some H2O, and we will be right back. And we're back. Alright, so in the second half, let's talk about how our teams are doing. Let's give you a league update. How did you do this game week, Ross? I thought, I honestly, I had a really good chance of winning. I had Timo, who finally went off, had two goals and an assist. He gave, he gave me 32 points in our scoring. This is the OG League. And on Saturday, everything I was kind of touching was turning into gold. I picked up Scott McTominay. He ended up with 11 12 points. Only Ducore didn't really give me that points. Andrew Robertson gave me points. Kurt Zuma conceded three goals and he gave me 10.5 points. So that was good. Phil Foden had the fantasy assist by taking the shot on target from which Raheem Sterling scored. But I honestly thought I had it. And then Sunday comes along. Jamie Vardy is not playing. He's out. Kind of got on my nerves. I'm like, okay, cool. Like this is going to be a bit frustrating. And then I'm seeing Jack Grealish getting 20 points. Harvey Barnes getting seven points. The Monday Monday came along. I'm like, okay, I have I have Adama Traore and I'm Stuart Dallas, and I'm going up against Matthias Pereira, James Tarkowski, and Nelson Semedo. And this is this is the points that they got. Nelson Semedo got eighteen and a half points. James Tarkowski got twenty one points, and Matthias Pereira got seventeen point two five points. That's good. Honestly, the, like game week started off so strong. I had Andrew Robertson kind of. Give me an assist in the first five minutes. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, this is going to be really good. And then I think I was the only solace that I was going to get this week was at least I won my fantasy game after the Liverpool-Everton game. But even that didn't work out. And, like, that's our OG league. I ended up losing 112 to 141.75. I think that was the top top score in our league. There's no way I was winning. Actually, Neeraj ended up top with 151 points. Our OG League was ridiculous uh, this game week. We had only two people score under 100, the lowest score being 97. That's that's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I unfortunately had my second loss of the season in our OG League. Yeah, I went up against a team that had Bruno, and that was pretty much the difference, to be honest. I pretty much lost by like uh, just under 40 points, I'd say. Only got like one goal, no assists in my entire squad. And we were kind of talking about that in our league, right? This, this week about, you know... Whether or not your squad needs to have a certain number of goals, a certain number of assists to win every uh, match or every matchup. Yeah. But you know what? I don't think we're going to dive into that this episode. We'll probably save that, I think, for the next episode. We'll do a a little more analysis. Daniel, if you're listening to this, we're still waiting for that research. (laughs) So you can come on the pod and talk shit and give us your opinion on how many goals you think you need to win. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, if we jump across to our Banter Boys League, where we work with the original Toga scoring. So, oh, by the way, what position are you in our OG League before we switch leagues? I'm eighth, but like I have six points. So, and I think there's like two or three other people that have six points. It's really early, for sure. We know it's really hard. Like, it gets super close. Even last year, I started off super weak, and then I went on a nine-game winning streak, and I had a really good kind of run of form. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping my team kind of comes good. It's a long season. It's a marathon, right? Just stick in there. 35 games, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, four people are tied on six right now. The person above you is on seven points. I'm only on nine, and I'm on in third place, right? Yeah. Three-point difference. And look at the how many places you're jumping. So, anyways, let's go to our Banter Boys League. So, this is our OG uh, original uh, Toga scoring. Um, so, I'm in third in that league. Uh, I believe you're right behind me in fourth, Ross. Yeah, yeah. You're four and one. I'm three and two. Did you fare any better this game week in this league, or was it another loss? It was. It was another loss. Like when you go up against Harry Kane and Hyungman Son, and they're getting seventy points. That's more than half the points of my opposite, like my opposition's team, right? They so the final score was one hundred and twenty nine for that team, and how many? Do the math really quick. 68? 68, 66 points. Yeah, it was pretty much half the score. Yeah, it was basically half the score, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, start off strong. Sadio Mane should have had another assist, but we've we've talked about that. We've discussed it. We've like frustrated. There's nothing that we can do. Whatever. Had to make some kind of few like last minute changes. I'm still waiting. Like Darty didn't play. I'm I'm putting that down and Sanji, you know that because you have him in our OG league, oh, right? But yeah. I'm putting that down to Darty kind of playing three games during the international break and Mourinho realizing that okay, cool, like give him some bit of rest. They also have a Europa game hopefully coming up this Thursday. Paul Pogba also didn't start. Alex Tellers. Yep. I was hoping like it was it was a kind of a long shot that he might start, but he didn't. Kristen Pulisic finally started, and I had really good hopes about that, but he only gave me six points, six and a half points, so that was unfortunate. You know, there's something you can't control. Yeah. And, like, that's it. Like, I'm I'm not too, too worried. I think once my, like, my strongest lineup when it, when it hopefully starts, including Alex Tellez and Paul Pogba, Sadio Mane, like, all these players, when you know I'm, I'm not too worried, I know that these players are going to come good. Again, super long season, right? Yeah. Exactly. So thankfully, I got to win uh, this game week. Uh, pretty yeah. easy. It, it's sad to say that my Banter Boys draft team, I think, is probably better than my OG team. Because I've got the likes of... Well, I have Martinez in both my squads. Fantastic keeper. I think he'll probably end up top three uh, keepers this season. Willy Bully, Manny Cash, Luca Dean, solid defense, couple of clean sheets. Luca Dean is just uh, an absolute monster. Probably one of the top defenders. Should end up, I think, top-scoring defender this season. Yeah, the top defender, actually, right now, I think. Yeah, midfield of, you know, Jack Grealish, Harrison, Matinho, Trossard. Solid amount of creativity. I had Matias Pereira on the bench as well. Likes of James Madison not starting. But yeah, I had Timo in my team. So, got that solid grace, uh, 32 points. Yeah, and hopefully it comes good. Yeah, hopefully it comes. You know what? I think Timo's going to pick up. It's, it honestly yeah. is the, is the service that he gets, right? It's the quality mm. behind. And you can mm. see, as the squad is getting better and better, like, Chilwell came into the squad, his points went up a little bit, or his performance went up a little bit, right? Tammy was not playing, so Werner was central. And not even just central, he got the freedom to go on either the left or the right, because Havis is such a central, almost like a second striker in that team. Um, yeah. It kind of allows Werner to... It frees him up a lot more to do what he needs For to sure. do, right? yeah. But yeah, uh, other than that, I, I think like I, I made a couple of moves. I think like free agency waiver waiver wire, both in the OG and in our Banter Boys League. Uh, so what were your moves in the OG League, Russ? Did you pick up anyone free agency waiver wire? 
I'm pretty sure I did. Let me check. Uh, I actually, you know what? No, I know. I know this is a really good transition to kind of our next section. But I really want to pick up Adam Lookman. We play with Fab. I didn't bid as much as the other the person. So the person who got him bid seven dollars on him. I obviously didn't. It was Zubay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I was quite interested in picking him up as well. But the problem is I have like four or five forwards. So it, I feel like it didn't make sense for me yeah. uh, from like a man- team management perspective. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I noticed that you picked up Ben White. Yeah, I'm quite I'm quite interested by that pickup. Why is that? Why did you go for him over Kyle Walker-Peters? They're playing West Brom. Yeah. Coming up. I, I, I was seeing the fixtures for Brian there coming up. Uh, West Brom, Tottenham away. Like, that's a tough fixture. But then they're playing Burnley at home again. Away at Aston Villa, home at Liverpool. But then they're back at Southampton. So, so good two out of three fixtures. Not a defender that you'd obviously depend on. But obviously, like, against West Brom, we know that team has difficulty kind of scoring goals. So, it's a good... I, I thought it was like, oh, it's a good shot to kind of pick up that player. And we see Brighton getting better and better with their attacking play. Yeah. I think a game against West Brom just might kind of help them capture that momentum so they can kind of keep getting better and better as the season goes on. Yeah, and you know what? Like, Kyle Walker-Peters, like, obviously, like, I have him, I believe, in one of our leagues. I think he's a great player going forward, but unless he gets a clean sheet, I don't think he's going to get a lot of points. Uh, and Southampton seems very leaky at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so I think, I, think it's a, I think it's a decent move. And plus, I think the fixtures for... Uh, Southampton aren't that good that are coming up. Like their next game against Everton at home, again yeah. at Aston uh, at Aston Villa. That's that's also going to be a tough fixture. Home at Newcastle, away at Wolves, and home against United. Right, so tough fixtures coming up for Southampton. So might not necessarily be a good time to kind of have a Southampton defender in your starting lineup. Yeah, the players that I went for, uh, so this is in our OG League, I spent one fab dollar uh, to get uh, Bukayo Saka. I dropped Miggy. I was kind of, that was a really tough decision. That's a really good pick. Yeah, I, I think uh, hopefully uh, he gets a lot more minutes. Hopefully he gets, you know, that solid playing time. And yeah, I you know, I hope he does bits for me. Another player that I went for was Jeffrey Schlupp. We talked about him earlier in the pod. I'm not sure how long he's going to stick around because there are some players that I'm kind of eyeing up on the waiver wire right now. But I dropped Tammy because I, I think the thing with Tammy is if he starts, you pick him up. Yeah. Um, but I don't think you hold on to him because I don't think he's going to get that consistent run of games. Yep. But yeah, other than that, in our Banter Boys League, did you make any sort of picks there? Yeah, I picked up Wesley Fofana. Fofana, Fana, Bobana. Yeah, I know. That song always goes <laughs> That's what came to my mind. <laughs> So I p- I picked up Wesley Fofana. I dropped Charlie Taylor. Leicester kind of have a couple of favorable fixtures. Not really like at Arsenal at Leeds, but again, what I kind of see from center backs is that when they go up against a more potent attacking lineup, they have more to do and they'll get more points. Yeah. If if the de- if the defender plays well, right? I picked up Said Ben Rama as a free. I dropped Andrew Frank Zambo and Gisa. So if anyone from our Banta Boys League is listening, if you want that pick, go for it. I picked up, say, Ben Rama because I was like, it provides another depth to my forwards. Might try seeing trading away like Mitrovic or Patrick Bamford, seeing if anyone will uh, take him up. So I actually forgot to set waivers for this league. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to pick up on the free agency. But you know what? For scraps, 
I dropped Ryan Frazier. He's not getting a starter game. So I was like, you know what? I'll bite or whatever. Stuart Dallas was kind of painful to drop. That was a tricky one for me. Yeah. The reason the reason I dropped him is because I already have Jack Harrison. So I was like, you mm-hmm. know what? Why double up? I don't feel like I'm going to play Dallas every weekend. Yeah. He's a defender. He's playing for the back. So I picked up Jeffrey Schlupp in his place. But the person I picked up for Ryan Frazier, who I was surprised was free, was Jordan Henderson. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, oh, wow. Jordan Henderson was, was free. Uh, that's a good pick. I honestly, I think we know like he'll average about seven to eight points a game, and he'll get the goal and assist here and there. Obviously, again, not a player that you depend on, but a good player to have. I feel like especially against more like toe to toe teams, against yeah. where teams where like uh, you know that the midfield will have to put its work in. Yeah. Jordan Henderson is going to get your points, and you know he was denied the winner against Everton. Ah, so... uh, don't don't bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you know what? Let, let's uh, let's talk a little bit for a quick couple of minutes. So, what are your thoughts on how's your experience with Fab and the auto sub feature game this season? Honestly, you know we've played with auto subs most. I think that first season we didn't play with auto subs, but since then we've been playing with it, and it's been really good. It's been in in the sense that like now you're more mindful of who you play obviously there's that anxiety of do i play this player against this team or should i play this player against this team obviously there's that anxiety but it makes you more assured in what your team and i think first for first couple of game weeks you're not totally sure on like kind of sh- should i play him or should i play him but now you kind of get a bit more sh- kind of just a bit more confident in like who you want to play and it makes you a bit more when you when you are making those mindful decisions, it really kind of helps solidify your team, solidify your kind of your mindset. Yeah, you you know what I, I'll say. The one thing as well is not having to sit down there with a mental calculator and constantly be adding points from somebody's bench. Be That's like, oh, also true. I'm, I'm losing by like point five. Okay, I'm winning by like one point. Like, yeah. knowing the result as soon as the game week ends, like that's You're the right. win, that's the loss. Like, it's it's a relief. It's a mental relief. My thoughts on Fab. It's the first time we're using Fab as well. First time we're doing yeah. um, no auto subs uh, in our OG league. Fab's interesting. Like the the reason we did Fab again was because to make things a bit more fair in our league because of the perks that were given to the playoff winner and the league winner. So seeing people spend their money and see how they value players, like let's say it's free agents, waivers, or even trades. Yeah. Like, a trade was thrown up for, for you, actually. Harvey, ba- Harvey Barnes plus 30 for Jamie Vardy. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that's real. I think I think the person who was offering that trade just kind of likes to throw numbers and trades. And then we'll be like, actually, you know what? I don't want to do that trade. That's happened to me a few times with this manager. So I'm not really serious about it. You know who you are <laughs> when you're listening. Oh, man. So, another thing I wanted to talk about quickly was, so, in a lot of drafts, players like you own them, Adama Traore, I own James Madison in one of my leagues, early picks, not getting minutes, not getting playing time, what are you trying to do with them right now? Do you drop them? Do you try and trade them? Do you just ride the ride the wave? Like, go through with the pain? Go through the pain. Honestly, like, this past gaming was super tough because when my, in our OG league, I have Jamie Vardy and Adama Torre. And Jamie Vardy didn't play and Adama was on the bench. But honestly, I think they'll start, they'll start most games. Uh, my only kind of solace is that Adama Torre had a really intensive international break. Whereas his, uh, his teammates, Daniel Ponens and Pedro Nero didn't. So I think that's why in terms of like player health, those players would have taken that those players would have taken that spot just to kind of make sure like you know they 
players have been flying out, players have been flying in. You don't want to like burn out players already. It's only been what five games. So that's kind of my solace with Adama Traore. I'm hopefully next game I we see him play and he plays that attacking player, attacking role that he does and kind of provide Jimenez, Jimenez, Jimenez. Yeah. Jimenez that <laughs> Raul. <laughs> Raul. Raul Raul number nine <laughs> si, <senor>. to <laughs> <laughs> provide that kind of that that assist and that those crosses to him so I think I'm gonna I like you just have to ride that one out the only thing you'll people will try to take advantage of that and they'll try selling like selling you short and you don't want that only to realize that five games in, Adama's playing every game and he's averaging twelve points a game, and you're just and you've traded him for not his value. Yeah, and you know it's what Ross is preaching: patience. It's a long season, and especially now with COVID and pandemic, anyone can be tested positive and they can miss games all of a sudden, right? And you might be scraping to get a starting lineup. So I'd say definitely it's it's worth pulling Adama and Madison. If you have questions about trades, guys, feel free to like DM us on Twitter or send us a message. We would love to help you out with trades or questions that you have about players that you're struggling to hold on to or, you know, you're having a hard time, you know, getting uh, or building a strong squad. We'd love to help out. We'd love to have a section about that, you know, just people having questions about their squads and we answering them on, on air. We'd love yeah. to do that. But, I mean, in terms of, like, players to pick up, I think we kind of went through them, you know? Lookman, Dendonka, yeah. Walcott, Kilman, any of the Villa players, like, Barkley or Target. So, uh, like, uh, as well, let's note of the new players in the league. Shoutouts to Ben Rama. You picked him up as a free. Uh, Danny yeah. Welbeck signed for Brighton, but I don't think he had signed in time for that Crystal Palace game. No. And Carlin Grant, goal scorer for Huddersfield, I believe, is now at West mm-hmm. Brom. So, West Brom have, what, their fifth or sixth striker? Yeah. <laughs> and didn't Carlin Grant play? Yeah, he did play. Yeah. Yeah. So, and Joe Rodon, he just signed from Swansea for Spurs as a center back. From what I've read, a lot of Swansea fans were pretty disappointed to kind of see him go. If he's a player, we know that center back pairing isn't solid yeah. for the for Spurs. Yeah. We know Mourinho doesn't really like that center back pairing, but it's the only one that he's got in Alderweireld, Davids, Davidson Sanchez, and Eric Dyer. Like, so I think we might just kind of see Joe Rodon find a place in that starting eleven. It might take a while, but I think it might happen. Yeah, you you gotta have a center back that stays on the pitch and doesn't leave to go take a shit. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> let's talk about upcoming fixtures and predictions for game week six. We're gonna start things off with a Friday. Game. Guys, don't forget to set your lineups early. Friday fixture, alright? Especially FPL. Don't forget to sign them, set them up early. It's an hour and a half before the kickoff yeah, time. So. Exactly. But the beauty of Fantrax is you can set it up to a minute before. But you know what? Make it two or three minutes because the UI tends minutes, to glitch yeah. a little bit every now and then. For sure. So, Aston Villa versus Leeds. Who you got for this one, Russ? Aston Villa. I'm going to go like a 2 1 to Aston Villa. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go for a 1-0 to Aston Villa. I think Leeds are going to play some great football, but man, Villa uh, Villa have something like set about them. New striker, new midfielder, new defender, new keeper. They pretty much added a new spine to that squad. Not literally, because one of the defenders is a fullback, but you get my point. Like They've improved yeah. that squad significantly. So Saturday, we've got four games starting off with West Ham versus Man City. 
City City always smash it against West Ham. Not they won't smash it, and that's that's what we kind of talked about when we talked about Spurs versus Hammers, where they were being smashed. Yeah, and they had an incredible comeback. Uh, Hammers are at home, so I don't think it'll be as it'll be it'll be as bad. But I I'm expecting like a two one to City. I'm gonna go with a three 0 to City. Oh really? I I don't think West Ham are gonna be able to score. I just think City's gonna be able to hold on to the ball. But they don't have De Bruyne, so. Yeah, but Moyes is back. But Moyes is back <laughs> for that last game too. So, uh, but I get what you're yeah, saying. That's true. I don't know. Maybe West Ham have something. I mean, Antonio versus those center backs like Ruben Diaz, Laporte. Like, man, Antonio is a beast. And He's a I would beast. hate to play against him in real life as well. I know we've probably played like players who kind of play like Antonio or Johnny. Probably. Remember Johnny Okolo? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okolo. Shout out. Okolo was a yeah, shout out. If you listen to the pod, Johnny, this is your shout out, mate. <laughs> Fulham versus Crystal Palace. Nil, nil. Um, Easy. Easy nil, nil. <laughs> really? I'm not even convinced that this game is going to, like, anything's kind of going to happen in this game. I'm, I'm going to be wild and go 3-2 Fulham. <laughs> <laughs> just because just Fulham have no defense. Right? And they really need to win a game, man. They really need to score. Mitrovic came close. He missed a penalty last game week. So I'm going to say they're going to have a bit more luck. But let's just go wild. 3-2. Obviously, it's not going to happen. But yeah. United-Chelsea. Oh my god, I'm terrified for this game. <laughs> I think it's going to be like a 3-1 to United. Oh, no. I'm going to go for a 2-1. I'm going to go for a draw. Honestly, this is a fixture that loves seeing its draws. Yeah, it does. The neutrals really love whenever one team wins or the others because you can just kind of pile on that way. And I, I think it's always fun to kind of pick fun at United or Chelsea. But I think I'm going to go with like a 3-1 to United. I mean, a point to note, Mendy played in the Champions League picture. So he's, he's back. back. He's back. So kept yeah, but start. Mendy's not your problem though. <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool playing Sheffield United as the last picture on the Saturday. Ross, this has to be an easy 3-0, right? Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. <laughs> this is the first Premier League fixture after Van Dyke getting injured, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Rian Brewster might start, so he might go up against his old former team. He, yeah. We don't even know if Matip is going to play, because apparently he's also injured. Yeah, so, I heard about that. Oh, man. You guys are really struggling. Like, Fabinho and Joe Gomez goes into the centre-back there, I think. Uh, yeah, and hopefully that centre-back that can kind of stabilise. Maybe Klopp's got, like, a formation up his sleeve that he hasn't used yet. Yeah. So, let's see what happens. I uh, Yeah, you're right. I'm going to go, like, a 2-0 to Liverpool. Yeah. So, Sunday, three games. Starting off, Southampton versus Everton. I'm going to go with one Southampton, maybe, like, three Everton. Everton keeps marching on for me. I'm going to go for, like, a 2-2. All right. Yeah. 2-2, wow. No faith in the Evertonian defense. Not yet. I I I don't think they've they've had one clean sheet, obviously, and they had it against a very lackluster Spurs in that first game. But I think that defense still needs a bit bit more work, right? Liverpool fans must hate Pickford right now. <laughs> Probably shouldn't talk about it right now. Yo, we? man. <laughs> All right, let's go we on shouldn't. to Wolves versus Newcastle then. This is an interesting one, but I'm gonna go for like a one 0 Wolves. Like Wolves aren't fully put together and they're not like they're not a side that kind of scores like four or five goals a game right and who knows what yeah. Steve Bruce is doing not playing his best lineup yeah I don't know if they're going to be able to score against a straight of defense at Wolves I'm going to go 3-0 Wolves oh oh wow Adama Hattrick <laughs> let's go 
Uh, no, you know what? I'll take a hat trick of assists. You know what? Yeah. I'm not a greedy person. Let's go. I, I'll take a hat trick of assists. For sure. Like, bare love minimum. To see. We'd love to see. You know what? Just put on some of that baby oil and you're good to go. Arsenal versus Leicester. Last game on the Sunday. Another really interesting one. If Vardy mm. plays, I think it'll be possibly a draw. I'm going to say like a 1-1 maybe. Like Arsenal again, not in like free-flowing style right now. Like everyone's kind of scoring for them or doing bits for them. Uh, no stand-up player in yeah, that sense. Yeah, exactly, right? So I'm going to go one all. Arsenal versus Leicester. I'm going to go 1-2 Leicester. Leicester have lost two games. Yeah. Uh, so obviously they need bounce back. Both of these teams have a there's a fixture for Europa. So that'll be interesting. But I think I'll go with like a 1-2 Leicester. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see Fofana up against the likes of Alba and company. Alright, so we got some Monday games as well. Really long game week, guys. Brighton versus West Brom. I'm going to go for a 2-0 Brighton. Brighton's been playing some fantastic football. West Brom have no goals in them. Brighton honestly deserve a three points. Like, they've started the season like in such a refreshing manner. Mm-hmm. I was going to say the same thing. Brighton to West Brom, no. So... Yeah, I I agree with you. And to round things off, Burnley versus Spurs. I'm gonna go Burnley zero, Spurs four. <laughs> like <laughs> again, Burnley have no goals in them right now. Spurs can't seem seem to stop scoring. So yeah. I think Spurs especially can find away from home. Shoot out. Yeah, especially away from home. Yeah, they had those big wins, right? It was the five two and the six one, I believe. 6-1, yeah. 5-2 against Southampton and 6-1 against United. But you're right, I'm going to go for like a 4-0. Even like, you know what? I'm not even, I think even a 5-0 wouldn't be as surprising. Yeah. But I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to go for like a 3-0. 3-0 to Spurs. All right. You know what we didn't do? We didn't check how our predictions worked out for the game week. So we need to do that. We're going to start doing that. We're, we should start doing yeah. that. Keep a little competition. We should write these down. Yeah, we should yeah, write yeah. these down. For sure. Keep a little competition, you know? See yeah. who, who's better at predicting. And you know, this kind of helps as well when you don't have auto subs, you know, picking the right players based on how the teams yeah. are playing, etc., etc. You were saying, yeah. You know, you know what sucks with that is that when it's Monday and you, do, you don't want to make a move on Sunday because you want to get news for the Monday fixtures. Yeah. Like, so once you play that Sunday fixture, once you play that Sunday game, that player's locked in, right? Yeah. So I think unless you have players to spare, then it kind of makes it easy to be able to drop and pick up players. But you're right. Like, I think overall, bigger picture, yeah, auto subs definitely helps yeah. with that. Yeah, for sure. But that's about it. That's all we had planned for this episode, right? Yep. So let us remind listeners, how can they find us on social media? Yeah, I feel like we should have this recorded. I will set up the pre-recording. I will set it up. Don't worry. <laughs> but listeners, obviously you can find us on Twitter at Bantabee is our handle. We are on, our Anchor website is on our Twitter page. Please check us out there. You can also send us a message on there. We are on all the bigger platforms, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and we are on SoundCloud. So do check us out on your preferred platforms. And you never know, we might move to Instagram sooner or later. Maybe sooner. Yeah. Maybe later. Maybe <laughs> but we'll we'll see we'll see we'll see what's yeah, up we'll, we'll see, see what's how up. it goes. But yeah, other than that, I I think that's it from us, Banda boys. We're gonna head out for another week. Good luck this new week, Ross. Yeah, um, in our OG league. Yeah, good luck. Off, you know, we'll see how it turns out. Can't work for the bands when we start recording next exactly. week. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Peace out, guys. Take care.